our policies are a reflection of our fears. I'm Sam Aiko, and you're experiencing The Organic Matrix, the show that captures eternal wisdom of real human experiences to benefit the generations to come. On today's episode, we'll be speaking about the origin of rugby and how Iowa Central College took multiple national titles within an eight-year span. So welcome, Paldo. I'm so happy to have you on the podcast today. And it's cool how we met. I came across your profile in college. I remember it when I lived uh, in Georgia. I went to Life University, and I saw that, like, you knew a couple of my rugby friends. I was like, this guy has cool vibes. So, like, I started following you. And now, like, what, four or five years after, we finally get to meet and talk. Well, thank you. Thank you for uh, having me. You know, I've been anxiously waiting for the moment just to get to uh, speak to you, pick out your brain a little bit. I actually have a friend that goes to Life University right now and plays rugby. How's that going? Who's your friend? Uh, his name is Josh. He went He went to Iowa Central with me. Uh, we played rugby together. Now he's there. I think they won, uh, what was it, a year or two ago, they won the national title. It was pretty cool. They're back-to-back I mean, winning. I wish we could have won the national <laughs> All my friends get the glory. I'm just sort of like, dang. I think it might be the Hakka. They were drawing in some ancient energy right there. <laughs> I need some of that energy. Have you ever done hawkers for rugby? Uh, no, I've seen them. Uh, I've seen them done, but I haven't done any. What is a haka, and how did it get emerged with rugby? In case you haven't heard of a haka before, a haka is a war dance performed to honor indigenous New Zealand Maori culture. It is a war dance used to intimidate their opponents. I recommend looking up a video of a haka. It is equally capturing and intimidating. Uh, you know, some I live in uh, I live in Iowa, so um, I, I feel like some people feel like that would be a cultural appropriation. So it's, it's a lot of things that we don't do, but we love. To Speaking on that topic, that's such a hard. It's such a hard thing to when you're like. And we're being so aware to like political correctness, right? Because like in my eyes, when we like borrow things from other cultures, when I want to do it, it's usually to honor something I find beautiful. Like I just so happened didn't live there, you know what I mean? Um, yeah. Like I understand like how Native Americans might feel like when people on Halloween are wearing like their headdresses that are like meant for their shamans and like chiefs. Like I understand yeah. the offense in that, but sometimes i just wish that it was like more loose because that's how we keep these cultures alive right like the more people around the world taking a little bit of the beauty in each culture is like how it stays alive forever you know you know we gotta be like a walking museum but we gotta be at least at least uh be able to let other people experience our culture because how can we really um, let them know what our lives is like, what we go through and what, and how we just grow up and become the people that we are. We don't let them see or experience what our culture is like. Like, um, 
being fascinated with Native American culture for me, like really kind of like showed me a lot about my roots that I never really noticed being an American, like having all this diversity. It's a, it's like, I'm from, I'm from New York. So it's like a whole nother culture. Like the mixing bowl is like, you're not just Dominican. I but feel that. You know, you're like a part of the community. And, um, but like being fascinated by Native American culture really showed me that like my Dominican roots, like we are some tribal people. Like, we really are, really are. Like I, I would say, actually, I feel like, I feel like our, when it comes to like us growing together as people, especially all together as a planet, our, from technology wise, it has grown vastly and fast. But before, like, we had this little technology, phones and all of that, it was pretty much like uh, we was getting going from a, in, uh, like an industry error to a technology error. But before that, it was all, we was already in tribes. We was already doing all our things. It's like, it just was like a hop, skipping and jump. It's like, I would say, if our great, great, I was like, I would say like five times great grandparents, it would probably be like tribal people people that didn't, was plowing fields or doing that hard labor. And now it's like, all right, your great grandparent might have been a civil rights activist or something, or like they just, their they first era in the world was like just getting phones or like watching television for the first time. Mm. So. It doesn't, it, it blows my mind that like, only what like oh, like 80 years ago like like 100 years ago people were just watching tv and they and that wasn't just watching tv they had like little picture box they didn't even have colors like uh. <laughs> and they asked why they're so blind it's like ah god i need glasses i can't <laughs> see the tv <laughs> that blows my mind how fast technology just like in one period just yeah, and that, that I, I definitely feel that because as for my work, I used to draw and do all my work by hand. Like I put, yeah, I put the design on the computer, get things together. But like when I draw it, I put it on, on a glass, on a light table, draw everything out. And now I'm drawing stuff on a, on a tablet. I'm like, man, I don't know how to shade this. Can somebody, somebody help me? I feel old. <laughs> Wow, yeah, that's like a total change, like from going to drawing from hand, like I haven't gotten used to like even writing on a tablet, like yeah. how how is it like, like what does it, you know, like the texture of a pen and paper, like you right. can feel like what you're shading in, like yeah. how do you translate that to a tablet, like is it a little hard? Um, I guess that that's where like um, finesse comes in, like uh you know, they're, they got different technology for it, for hand pressure, all the stuff that goes between the pencil and the tablet that makes every stroke, whether it's big, small, or it's supposed to shade in, erase a different type of way. I would say learning it, it's, it's been hard because I want I wanted to do stuff like the drawing way, like I, I press on it. I know it's going to be here, but when I press on it, it's like, it's like makes my drawing look ugly. I'm like, honestly, sir, don't. I'm, I'm professional. I've been doing this for years. This is just new to me. I actually know how to draw. But it's pretty, oh, it's pretty cool. It's a, it's a great way to uh, learn how to do art, especially in the era that we're in 
like you can know how to draw, but if you don't know how to get your artwork out there, then that's a problem. NFT's changing the game for artists now. I love it. For the people who don't know about rugby, can you tell us a little bit about rugby and like how it's different than football? First of all, rugby is rugby developed from soccer. Well, rugby developed from football for all my foreigners out there or if you're listening to in a different country uh football soccer then we we have rugby we pick up the ball we, we run around we hit each other we're playing it on the part i would say about the same size field we we got the same amount of time 45 minute halves 90 minute games unless you play sevens rugby which is a more faster paced game and less players on the field it's pretty, it's pretty awesome. Uh, then, I mean, all you need for equipment is cleats. Like your team's supposed to supply the jerseys, but if everybody got their own jersey, hey, hands <laughs> off, pass off to you. I'm glad you came prepared. Uh, but sevens is one is how I got introduced to rugby. I always wanted to play. I always wanted to play it. I got to, I got introduced to it in 2013 when I was a senior in high school. It was a intro, it was, it was like the universe just gave it to me. It's like I asked for it, it gave it to me. I was, I was done with my football season. Um, I already signed to play football at college. Then um, I go through my, I go through my, go through the rest of the season. I play, well, I wrestled. I don't know if you play wrestle, but I wrestle. I wrestle not, I wrestle. Wrestled 95 and 220. I hate it because I didn't like cutting weight. It was terrible. What was your weight class? Uh, for, for, I would say nine, uh, 195 because that's what I wrestled at district and going trying to get go to state. Um, but during the earlier earlier times in the season, depending on if our, if our other wrestler could make his weight, I might have to wrestle 220. Uh, but it was... Uh, it wasn't fair at times. I would say that. Yeah, they're bumping you around. <laughs> yeah, but I, I, I didn't run into a lot of guys that was good. That was great. Even guys that were just, just, uh, just about my size, my talent and skill. But a lot of the guys were younger than me, so I, like I'm a senior. But most of the guys were like maybe freshman, sophomore, might be a junior, senior in there. If they like cross town rivals, I know who they were, but. The freshman and sophomore, uh, I didn't really like it because it felt like I was bullying them. It's like, coach, how are you going to do this to me? He's fresh. It's like a fresh fish in the pond. You can't do this to the guy. They got like, yeah. um, in, in New York, we call like old man strength. Like once you hit a certain maturity in the sport, it's like you just have this foundation of strength where like you could, you could just club someone and like the freshman, like, a thousand bricks just landed on their head. It's like you know the technique. I, I haven't I haven't learned a lot of techniques. I was I actually wrestled for two years, and that was my junior and senior year in high school. Um, after that, I pretty much went to the military, went to went to college a little bit. Then um, when I actually did play college sports, I was I was twenty four years old, and I went to a community college, and it was. It was pretty interesting. Speaking of old man strength, strength that was real old man strength. These, <laughs> these, these guys are like 19, 
an 18, maybe a 20 year old there in this community college, but we're playing at D2 level. So we playing against Arkansas. We're playing against North Dakota. We're playing against high level teams, but I'm, I'm like, the, I'm the oldest cat on the team. And, and at the end of the year, well, at the beginning of the year, uh, I didn't even start for like the first couple of games. I was bench riding and handing out water. Then when it came to the end of the year, I was starting in our placement game. Uh, it was like last game of the year. A ref, a ref didn't, we felt like a ref didn't make good, great calls. Cost us um, uh, a place to fight for the first place, first place title. So uh, we settled with third place. But we was ranked number two in the nation. So it was like, it was a little bit of a win. It was like third place, but the second place got, uh, we better than them. Yeah, you're so there. You're, that's amazing. That's that's a great feat, especially like the bad, like the underdog, like badass community college, like, but playing at D2. That is mad fire. And then to be second in the nature, I mean, um, in the nation is that, I think that's badass because it shows like the grit. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I mean, it it was really awesome actually because the school the school the school was somewhat of a, it was somewhat of an underdog situation. But Iowa Central, as a rugby team, been around for maybe like a couple of years. But since they've been in the, since they've been a rugby team, they've been dominating. They they for I would say if they have five years. Six years, I would say now it's probably like eight years. And out of those eight years, they probably they have like seven national titles. Like from 15s, they have national titles in both sides, 15 versions and seven versions of rugby. So like they they got a lot of trophies. Then the school itself is a high predominantly sports school. Everybody, 90% of the student body is an athlete. That's um that's really mind blowing. Like they so they're like eight years old as a team. That's like relatively young, and they had yeah. so many titles already. Like God yeah, bless. They, people hate, there's there's a lot of hate. Well, it's not I wouldn't call it hate, but people are envy of the talent, raw talent that we have here in Iowa. Oh, well, you guys are the you guys have a lot of farming, right? Yeah, we we I mean we got hills we got some hills too, but we got we got a lot of flat land. That even Iowa wrestling is like so fire. It's like a whole, there's a different work ethic, like I'm thinking. I mean, there, depending, well, there's a lot of small towns, and that's that's like one you will always find a wrestler in every school. It doesn't matter if it's a small town or a big <laughs> town in Iowa. There's going to be wrestling, and when it comes to when it comes to wrestling, all right, we we have Iowa, uh, Iowa State, and you and I. Those are like our prime primarily uh, dominant schools in, uh, in Iowa. And when it comes to wrestling, it's like, I would say, it's like Bill Belichick trying to find Tom Brady. We, 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 fought, we got talent and we will search high and low for it. I love that. That, and that has to be, that has to be like some rich land there because for Iowa as a total, like to have like such great sports, sportsmen, and women like there's definitely something going on with the environment there and I love it um in New York wrestling just started getting big maybe like four years ago so I'm excited to see how city people build discipline and where it takes them 
I think with all the all the things that goes on in New York and the people that come out of between anime, um, boxing, uh, just just the raw talent just between sports. I mean, I think some of the cities, I think just like New York and California, I think it's unfair. It's like, especially when it comes to pro teams, it's like you have literally three teams of each sport or like two teams of each sport. It's like, can you get, we don't even have a, we don't have pro teams in Iowa. We, we are in the center center of the United States and we don't have a pro team. The only thing that's hot are our, are our college teams. I'm hoping that things evolve with the sports world like that. And I can see that um, you're contributing to it because you, you coach for your, co- your college too, right? No, um, I just play. I just went, I was, I was at the end of my cycle for um, being eligible to play in like national games. So I was like, all right, I still got some NCAA eligibility left. Uh, yeah, I'm old. Let me go just do it, get the experience, have fun. Then um, two years later, it's like, oh, well, actually the next year, it was like, that was, that was my last year. So I was like, cool. I might think about just becoming a referee. That's just as good. I don't have to get hit, but I get to be in the center of action. Yeah. I think, it's, I think that's, the, that's the next level when it comes to any athlete is like if you really want to be be entwined with the sport being a referee that's the best especially especially if you're non-biased against things like some people it's like yeah i'm gonna help this team out like i went to that school so i gotta help my boys out no nah. <laughs> my my players hate i referee one game with my team playing they hated me so much because like you, you call you've been calling more stuff here than you do at practice i was like you got to get better somehow. <laughs> I mean, they doing terrible too. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> Come on, you're up by two points. I don't, like, just can you just drop it? That's valid. And like refing, like you said, it like the best, like in the center of all action. And you like, that's like, you're right. Mastery levels, like, you know, the rules. You're holding them accountable. Like you're the judge. That's badass. I think, I think if you want to be a great athlete, even if you, if like, if you want to compete in the Olympics, that'd be like a great, a great like attribute to have on your chart. Like if you, if you're a ref for maybe like your small town or do refing in your state or like in your region, like that, and you know the rules, that's how I play. That's how I got better at rugby. It's like, oh, I'm, I I know the rules. So I know what I can and can't do. So all these fresh people that's coming in, it's like, yeah, how can you do that? That's not fair. It's like, did you read the rule book? Like, like, they tell you all the stuff you can't do. So I'd be like, all right, this is all the stuff I can't do. That can tell me all. Now that gives me so much range for all the stuff that's possible. It's like, all right, I can do this. I can do that. I got to fit something new into my game that just makes me make me a little bit better. I respect that so much. I really do. Like that explains, um, like your uh, bio. Like you have the that symbol that a lot of people yeah. misinterpret as like the yeah. swastika, but it means like organization and chaos in spirituality. And like I can see where like you're clever, you know, being able to like know your rights like that. And it translates so well into real life. Like I love, that's why I love these sports like rugby and wrestling. Because like, as you say, like if you know your rights, like you know your laws, you know your rules, you know exactly how you can move in the best way to serve you and your style and your authenticity, right? Like, but it comes with. 
that like being humble enough to be like okay what's expected of me and now how can I make it my own right right it's it's how I, I try to gear towards a lot of things like that I try um it's even even with even with like living living in America as I would say as the skin I was born in and as the gender I was assigned um, in America uh it was a little bit of a rough upbringing but somehow just studying all the things that went wrong for other people, but not but not the sense of like what they did something wrong or like what tragedy happened to them and how I can keep myself out of that or how I progress through that. That way it doesn't happen to me. So like any any like I really advocate for like girls knowing like whatever they identify as, but um I advocate for girls like knowing how to fight, carrying guns, self-defense. It's like, look, first of all, I don't have kids, but I'll probably have a daughter one day. So it's like, look, you like he can't you I want you to come home. You you gotta find a way to come home. Look, if something happens, I'll get you a lawyer. Don't worry about it. Plead the fifth. Don't say nothing until I get there. <laughs> That's it's um I wish I had that foresight when I was growing up because I was like, I got myself into so much trouble when I was in college because I was just so curious because I had like um, sheltered home. Like, uh, that, that's it's okay to be some. The thing is, some people got to be adventurous. I mean, that's how when it comes to like uh, our policies and government body, I always thought that um, our policies are a reflection of our fears and some people some people venture out do things as like all right great, cool this is great we should let people do this and some people venture out be like man i don't know if i can let other people do this we should put put some kind of block on this or do something where people can't do this but you know that's always a case where it's like one person's experience is different from another person it's like hey uh you might have a terrible time going skydiving but like that was just one tandem like you get four tandems and then you can start learning how to do it by yourself like you're missing all the action if you don't continue to do it every time it's always going to be fearful the first time you do it no matter what doesn't matter what you do in life it's always going to be fearful the first time you're going to be nervous it's like the date it's like oh i don't know what to say to you i want to make you smile i want to make you laugh I want to choose to walk away with a good experience instead of thinking, hmm, I might not, I might want to have to delete his number. Oh, it's like, but when, once you get like to that fifth date, it's like, yeah, this is great. Yeah, we got to do this more often. We should, we should take this cross state or something. <laughs> I love that mindset. And I think that's what people need to hear right now because like we're coming, like healing from the pandemic and everything that is happening, like with the war in Palestine and the war in Ukraine right now, like oh, there's, a, there's a lot of fear going on right now. And like, we have to be, we have to be allowed to know that it's okay. And, and I never thought of that, like as policies being an example of fears. And I think that's so well articulated because that can bring a whole nother nature, like a whole nother attitude on how we can process fear. Like we are so evolved as human beings being self-actualized. And if we can start getting along with our bodies instead of trying to bend them and force them to be a certain way. Like I, I've noticed that a lot of people are not in harmony with their mind and their body. 
like in my human experience it's like my body is like a pet like I have to take care of it and it has its own needs and wants like a baby like my inner child is like my physical body and then like I have this mind that's working a million minutes a mile I mean well a million what steps (laughs) and like I'm always like trying to create and I get so lost in my thoughts and enjoying my hobbies that I neglect my body. And I feel like a lot of people are doing that because like how technology excels and like how we can dive into like whatever we're doing. If we have a headache and our body's trying to talk to us and it's like, look, you're dehydrated. You're, you're doing what you're doing, but I need some nourishment. The first instinct we take is to grab a Tylenol or a anti-inflammatory because we're so disconnected that we're trying to like bend and cram ourselves into like what to force ourselves to do a task instead of like saying, how can I work with my body? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely feel that uh, can't drink all water. There's some type of, there's some bottle of waters you got to watch out for. But for for my sink, like for parts of my parts of this, parts of every state it's like oh some water might be coming from a well or come from this come from that and people are like oh well, don't drink top water i'll be like i'm putting a filter on my sink because i might not have some good bottle of water and i'm at least want some filter water i gotta at least have some clean water but drink water all the time have cold water it, it got to the point where i have to buy two things two two my body like uh Thing of water have to buy two of them because my girlfriend likes room temperature water for some reason so i'm like okay i need i like cold water she likes room temperature water I'm like here just take this just put this in your car or something <laughs> but water i feel like on water water is a key element for everything when i was in the military that's that's we always drink water i don't think i really ever had a headache i mean i never was dehydrated but they force water like I mean, the only thing you get is like a water log or a cramp because you're, you can, but you can't over drink water. So it's like everything else you want. It's like, yeah, it's like your body being a plant and just growing. You can water it, but you don't, you don't need to overwater it. Everything good in moderation, right? Right. Just, yeah, just like food. You don't, don't, you can't eat too much of it. I mean, depending on what you are, if you want, if you want to be this, if you, if you're, want to be eating champion eating champion for eating competition sure eat a lot of food i feel like everybody should take a culinary class like once in their life like just to know the like dangers of cross-contamination like because in the kitchen like you're not really thinking about it like it's easy to make the mistake to like prep your meat and then you're like oh well it's all going in the same pan let me just use the same knife on the vegetables and then not know that that's like a recipe for possible like terrible disease and that's why like I feel like our education system needs a little more lifestyle classes I mean I feel like our education system didn't give us the best I mean it was great they gave us uh the structure they think they needed us but like if they would have gave us more home ec they took out home ec a lot well there's a lot of schools where there's still home ec shop classes and things like that but those are like really big schools major schools that have a lot of money probably but like if we had classes throughout time just showing you how to cook take care of yourself do your taxes and be and be an actual adult yeah i tell you people won't even drop out of school mm-hmm. 
Yeah, definitely. Like after I graduated, like I went through this whole journey of trying to find like the best career that fits like my personality. And so I know I'm, I'm not employable. Like I'm a good employee. I work really hard, but there's no joy in it for me. Like I have something inside of me that like wants to start a movement. So um, what I, I, so I became an entrepreneur and until like, like very much after years of going to school, now I find it useful. But I wish that I spent, like instead of going to school for like six years and like dropping out, going back in, changing my major like again and again, because I didn't right. really know who I was. Like, I wish I was able to find this career because then I would have taken so many different classes. Like now I'm into video production. Like if I had more, like if I had more teachers, mentors, like help me find what would what I would want to do. And then if I was able to niche that early in my life, like I would have been knowing how to like edit videos, knowing how to do my podcast, learning how to master my message. And now I like, I've, now I actually want to go to school and like learn how to write again because now I'm like writing articles and blogs. So like, I feel like while we're young, that that's where we should be like being introduced to introspection and like meta-analysis. So we could actually like apply our passions and our talents right away to something that we love because I never succeeded in school until I found a subject I like. I was never a bad student, but that's, I have bad grades. But when I found something and I found the right teacher, I was excelling. So, yeah, I'm, and I hope like conversations like this, you know, the right person listens to it. We can start making movements toward helping our youth find themselves without so much trial and error. I mean, every, everybody's the right person when they're listening. It's the, it's the question of what are you, you the listener, what are you going to take from this today? Like, you know, even if you don't listen to the whole thing or you skip around, what, what parts are really going to resonate with you when you are at your lowest moment? Or as I, as I thought, as I thought about it, I, I've heard over the past week, I've heard people's struggles. Like I've been through this, I've been through that, or I've been in an abusive relationship. I just got this. I'm doing better in this place now. And I always thought was like, we will, we, we were weak we, at our weakest moment we did something that made us strong so i was like so i figured that's actually our strongest moment so my thought was in our strongest moment how weak are we especially then you, then i was thinking like yeah like maybe a guy maybe like for anything else you think like maybe a zombie apocalypse like hey you've been running all day you tired like you just jump to the ledge. All you gotta do is pull yourself up. Can you pull yourself up? That question lived rent free in my mind throughout my whole wrestling career. I was like, I have to learn muscle ups in case of the zombie apocalypse. <laughs> I need to leave. I gotta pull myself up. At least my body weight. If yeah. anything, you gotta at least pull your yourself up, whether it's mentally, physically whatever weight that you have that you, you, if you learn how to master pulling yourself up, you can, you can master just getting, getting up from anything. Sometimes some guy at this point, people that just be hanging from stuff, looking like a flat pole and everything. I'm like, 
I don't know how you got the muscle strength and upper body to do that. Pretty impressive, but like, I, I need him on my team. Yeah, like, how do you even practice that? Like, <laughs> it's like, like hard. To, the stretches in the day, I want to know, like, what, what do I need to do in the day? I don't want the meal prep. I just want the exercise. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of side planks, like, all day, every day. If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. So download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. My favorite quote from this interview is, Our policies are a reflection of our fears. Putting this statement into perspective inspires me to be more patient when trying to understand the rules and regulation that are present in our lives, society, and parental figures. I hope you found this conversation insightful and thought-provoking. Our next episode will be a continuation of our conversation with Paldo Yeti Musa. 